Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep. Each week, we discuss the latest episode of Top Chef. We break it down. We recap it. We talk about the clothes they're wearing. We imagine what their food might taste like if we were there. Yummy. Yeah, mm. hopefully yummy. Uh, this is episode uh, nine of season 14 of Top Chef, Top Chef Charleston. Uh, Megan and I are back here in Portland after a brief absence. Yay. Also, some of you may have think, thought you just got a Hangouts message, but you didn't. That was for me. Uh, <laughs> they, and also uh, joining us today, Chris and Tanya in Brooklyn, who held down the fort incredibly well last week in our absence. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome back, guys. Yeah. Good to talk to you again. Um, really fine job in the episode last week. Sometimes when I'm gone and I listen to the episode, I'm like, oh, I have all these things I want to say. And I think like you covered almost everything that I would have said. Oh, that so. really gets rid of my follow-up question, which was, how did you guys feel about Restaurant Wars? <laughs> uh I guess we could do quickly. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Let's let's get through that really fast. That would be nice. That would be nice. I I love Restaurant Wars so much. Uh, it was just so, it's so fun to see them do Restaurant Wars again. What did you think, Megan? Do you remember? It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, well, there was a lot of drama, mm-hmm. um, but I really enjoyed watching Shirley be the executive chef for her team. Yeah. The, yeah, she did a really good job. She really so. climbed into bed with that that job and made it feel good. Wow, I was going to oh. say it was cool to see her like own her maternalism because that's how she <laughs> described it, but then you took it yeah. there, so I won't. No, 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 not sexually. She like climbed into the bunk of that job and comforted it. Oh. Yeah, when oh. Emily was... Okay, yeah, so when Emily was... Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's the way she did for Emily that one time that was so fun. Um, I uh, Two things that I, I remember... Well, so one is my theory that I don't... I, I I don't know if there's any reason to believe this besides it just it seems so weird that Ken says you went home and not John um, because it's a break with tradition that normally you fired the executive chef. But I think that he might have finally like been one of the first contestants to talk themselves out of staying on the show by being such a monstrous douche during judges table. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was rare form. It was so bad, and I I wonder if like maybe they were going to be on the fence, and then they were like, oh, clearly Katsuji is to blame for some of this stuff because oh my god, I can't handle him talking anymore. <laughs> that's that's my theory. They just sent him um, home out of spite. <laughs> also, I do like, and I one of you guys said this, and I don't remember who, but I I definitely like the theory that him abdicating responsibility of chef, but then making a bunch of bad decisions and not letting John change his mind sure. feels like they were kind of giving him executive chef credit. And then also deducting points for being a coward. So um, mm-hmm. I assume that's why he went home. But I'm fine. Even if it went, even if it wasn't fair. I'm so done with him after last week. Yeah. Show sure enough. Although. So how does John open 21 restaurants and not know how to run uh, back of house? How does he have no idea how to expedite? It's a very complex ticketing system that he had his eyes on and not on any of the food runners, apparently. That's yeah. such a, Like, that feels like the one thing you'd be good at if you opened a bunch of restaurants. I mean, well, maybe... Oh, go ahead, Tanya. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that there might be some definition distinction needed here, too. Like, just because you opened a restaurant doesn't mean... Like, I don't know. I don't know right. how we define... Like, because he was like, 11 of them were mine. But, I, you know, that's also infinite time and resources. And, like, just because you were there for the opening of a restaurant doesn't mean you trained right. the wait staff and, like, you know, simplified the the pass. Like, that. that's not necessarily your job at that time. Absolutely. Oh, the other thing that I remember thinking that I don't think you guys mentioned was that the good restaurant had someone at the host booth who wasn't on the show. Yes. And and the bad restaurant, Casey did the host duties herself. And also we saw Casey train her staff and we didn't see Brooke train the staff. So I assume that Brooke was just so much better at it that they were like, it's not even worth showing her be competent because it's just too good. I yeah. did it's remember, bad television. Yeah, when when Casey said like I'm going to greet every single person who comes to this restaurant, I turned to Chris and was like, "Is that possible? Is that like a good right. idea? Like that seems yeah. highly <laughs> unnecessary. Why is that happening?" That, that's the thing that gets everybody in trouble every year, and this is the first year I think we ever saw someone just hire someone to do the host stand, and what right. a great help that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there was that one time when they had like, I think this was last year when they had the wine service at the host stand. Oh, no, that was Philip, and he had his special, like, funky monkey cocktail or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where you, like, pulled it out of the booth in that way that Philip was always pulling food from (laughs) weird places. (laughs) Isn't it funny? 
funny like with a little bit of distance like the things that i was like i don't know i mean i feel like we're always coming down on philip really hard and like i don't like him like, is this too extreme and now i look back and i'm like what the hell was he doing <laughs> why was he plating under a blanket why was he always that under some blanket plating things and pouring things into other things like that's not chill <laughs> cooking things on rocks and such yeah oh yeah yeah it's not on a rock oh man (laughs) well we don't have to litigate the past because there's plenty of new drama to talk about uh first up today in the quick fire challenge it is the blindfold taste test palette competition always a favorite of mine so fun so fun i haven't had one in a while i don't know if that's true but i just no i don't think i had one last season i think you're right about that now the weird thing about this is my my bout my love of this uh challenge and it is fun it's super fun to see how the chefs rate and like you know to see the smokers not do so well and and see people (laughs) uh unstoppable anyway continue to be unstoppable it's fantastic yeah but uh, I do agree with a listener who wrote in and called this a no stakes quick fire. Nobody went home. Yeah. No advantage was gained by winning it. It was just eh, seems fun. Slaps on the wrist for everyone. Yeah. yeah. I love well, a no stakes true. quick fire. Isn't that, I I mean I wouldn't mind if you won like a shitload of Trollado wine, but I'm also just happy with you guys playing a fun game as chefs. Yeah. 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 I guess I guess you did win the wine. Um. But yeah, usually they're like, and you get some sort of like advantage, which is secretly a disadvantage in the elimination challenge. Yeah. Usually you get a secret yeah. disadvantage. And yeah, there was stakes because the winner the winner got not just uh not just some wine, but way more wine than you could carry home more than a gross yeah. Four, yeah 14 cases of trollado wine i just love that <laughs> <laughs> i just love like, the of yeah of that i don't know i just think that's like a ridiculous amount of wine and i don't know like if is there like a wine merchant name for exactly that much wine like is that a winemaker's dozen <laughs> right <laughs> yeah in the industry we call that a hall of right, wine. i guess a vintner's dozen <laughs> yeah. would be the more accurate title but still loved it loved it yeah it was it was so fun and i i wonder what they're gonna uh because uh oh brooke won easily um i wonder what brooke's gonna do with all of that wine because in, in a lot of places i don't think you can sell that wine in your restaurant uh without have done that on top chef though where somebody gets a signature wine i think that was last year that they were oh, able yeah, that's to true. use and mm. so i just i know in oregon it's really weird about where you like you have to get it from an official distributor state sanctioned in order like you couldn't just win all of the wine and then sell it that's not yeah. allowed but so, you could also just I don't be know. straight up pouring Turlato at your own damn house for like <laughs> years for to the come. rest of your life yeah, basically <laughs> i imagine that that wouldn't go over poorly with like any person who ever visited you that's probably true <laughs> although if you came over to our house you might have to swim in a Turlato pool as well <laughs> that is so much wine yeah that's the thing uh, is like if you live in a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> then i don't know where all those wines go yeah, you you this now have a new now. room in your way. apartment. We we now have yeah. a coffee table. Yeah. yeah, we, we have make... a Terlato coffee table. Yeah, <laughs> also a Terlato bed frame, a Terlato couch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, there's just some bottles in the shower that you're not supposed to touch. <laughs> <laughs> they are not good anymore. <laughs> so that's the no stakes quick fire. Um, and uh, you mentioned the smokers, Chris. I thought that was kind of a fun move that John first he dissed smokers for how bad they were going to be at this because their palates were always scorched, which I have wondered about with smokers. But then John, who uh, I assume does not smoke, mm-hmm. thought that cream cheese was white flour. Yep. Well, sure. And and that feels like <laughs> maybe like more is missing than just <laughs> the palate. What is? Let's just say do I don't want John texture? on like my Scooby-Doo team. <laughs> <laughs> it's a clue. Yeah, context clues are important, John, and I feel like you don't have any of them. Yeah. Oh, God, I thought it was such wonderful dramatic irony when he got the pimento cheese and just had no... Uh, oh, this yeah. is disgusting. Oh, that was, and he thought it was disgusting. I wish that was the other thing. <laughs> I wish the pub had been like, uh, but what if it was made of crab? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys did a thorough job on the crab pimento cheese. The only thing that I would have added was that we wa- we had just been watching The Great American Bake Off, which is um, a travesty, mm. um, and we are neither we are not chuffed nor gutted about it. Oh, Wait, I like it. I like okay. it. I'm not chuffed. <laughs> I'm not quite gutted, but I'm not no, chuffed either. I'm, but I'm, I am enjoying it. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. But it's missing the, the it's missing two best things. Well, it's in the best. title, which means I have no interest. The right. best the best thing about it is that Mary Berry is still on the show. Right. And she gets to try all sorts of new American desserts. It, and she's always so surprised. Like she's when never had a, a snickerdoodle. A snickerdoodle. And she, she goes, did you make up that name? Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> 
It's super cute. Also, it's also, interesting that Snickerdoodles didn't make it around the world, but actually also makes a lot of sense. Right. Well, one of the other things Mary Berry had never tried before was pimento cheese, mm. which somebody made for her and she loved. And they talked about how pimento cheese is almost cheating on the show because it's too delicious. What? And then the next day I was listening to our episode about how much everybody hated pimento cheese. And I just don't know what to think. I've never had it. I, I don't know. Stand by my judgment. And also that just seems like such a... Ugh, I <laughs> Again, <laughs> I'm not surprised it didn't make it around the world. <laughs> I, so I guess I'm more surprised then that the Bake Off people enjoyed it so much. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I haven't, Although, I haven't had it. I'd stand behind Snickerdoodles, man. I got in trouble in elementary school for stealing Snickerdoodles. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, do you I stand behind so stealing? Um, I, I, you know, uh, does a man really suffer punishment for stealing Snickerdoodles to feed his family? I, <laughs> Were I you feeding you your family? No. Did you give one to your sister, Chris? No, I ate I, them all. We haven't <laughs> talked about this before, Were but part of Chris yeah, actually grew up in La Miz, so <laughs> he's, he's got a whole different life going on than we But he, he's also he's, he was stealing to feed only the part of his family that is him. Yes. Yeah. Stealing. Does a man suffer punishment for stealing Snickerdoodles to feed himself <laughs> in his elementary Butter school in the suburbs of <laughs> Uh, my favorite part about this quick fire, besides, I always love this challenge and I love seeing who is good and who's not and what things they guess wrong. Yeah. But the best part of this challenge was Padma making faces at them. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. Because they, they were blindfolded and so she couldn't, but they could hear, so she couldn't say anything yeah. about how dumb they were. But she sure made some bad faces, some like judgy faces when they got she stuff sure wrong. Did. Although I gotta say, at least in the edit that we saw, Brooke's guesses, uh, even when she was wrong, were pretty darn close. She was like, "Yeah, Brooke was unbelievable." Cherry vinegar, oh, it was balsamic, or like you know, yeah. there was like somebody was like oyster, oh, that was a clam, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she had a lot of near misses. Yeah, yeah. she was close. Yeah. Whereas John, oh, dear, dear, sweet John. Well, John, and then let's just talk about Emily, because I feel like that's <laughs> something that I really... Pass. 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 Yeah. I guess this is where I understand, like, we just don't have time to have them go through all of the things multiple times and, like, hear every single answer. But based on the edit, I didn't think she got any correct, because she just passed right. on everything. Um, well, she got five. Yeah, not, she didn't get it yeah. wrong either. She didn't play at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, she just kind of didn't. She just, like, tasted a lot of things and then left. So it's possible that she's really bad at blind palate tasting, but it's also possible that she just hates Terlato wines. Oh. She was like intentionally sandbagging so that she didn't have to take home all. Maybe she like was flying on an airline that uh, charged for baggage. Oh, yeah. So she didn't want to check all that Terlato wine well, on the way back. But before the challenge even begins, she's like, oh, I don't want to like mess up in front of Voltaggio. And oh yeah. This actually made me want to go back and rewatch the Voltaggio season because most of what I remember <laughs> is that Chris was a huge fanboy of both Volt yeah. brothers. Mostly and little Volt. I was yeah, exhausted by the whole thing and found them both to be just like too broy for my taste. Sure. And I can't say that his neck tattoos really helped me not remember it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel like he was he was a lot like nicer and like more charismatic than I remembered. And I was like, hey, I feel like I should like revisit. Yeah. See what I actually think. I no, he did some amazing stuff with pretty food. intense. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was, he, he, sorry. You said he was really good with food. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he was incredible helped a lot for me. The fact that he was very good at cooking. But he um, he was always a little intense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he I think I mostly like his cooking, a, not his person. An introverted guy, too. Yeah. He's not like really effusive. Yes. Yeah. Um, the neck tattoos add to the intensity as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's it. An odd introversion move. Yeah. I just is like, say, oh, go ahead. This tattoo is slowly eating my head. Sorry. What? Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, they're creeping up. <laughs> but I feel nothing. Yeah, it's really it's part of the message I, there. But I feel nothing. Um, I, I just got to say uh, about Emily is in many games like this where you want to get as many correct in a certain period of time, being quick to pass is actually a pretty good idea. Except mm-hmm. everything you taste is ruining your palate more. So the more times you go through something, the less oh. you're able to taste it. So, like, normally, if it's like a multiple choice fill in the bubble thing, go for it. Pass, you know. But in terms of this, you really want to spend time getting it right once because the second time you taste that balsamic vinegar or whatever, you've already just tasted what you think is white flour. And it's just, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. the very first thing, cucumber, she just totally biffed, but 
Well, cucumber doesn't taste like anything. I know. But I feel like... Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. It tastes like a beautiful afternoon. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, that's a great point, Chris. I wondered about the, like, as a strategy, passing could make some sense if you're going to get it wrong anyway. Yeah. Might as well make more time. But, yeah, that's a good point. Is Now you've got, like white flour and white flour and white flour all crusting the inside of your mouth yes. and then you're adding more white flour yes. you have no idea what the next one is yeah. be the bee uh surely had the most amazing reactions to tasting things uh she has good oh, reactions yeah. to everything but she actually needed a spit bucket <laughs> she, yeah she spit a couple things including ginger yeah where she was like which, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't love ginger in that quantity and i'm sure it is kind of spicy but like she was like just doing her surely faces she was just ready to react to everything yes. i also this th- every single time they do this i really want to do this at home but i like oh, don't yeah. understand yeah. why i would <laughs> which is why <laughs> i haven't <laughs> but well, well, next time we get together um, let's do one yeah for sure, as i was gonna say the one we're all hanging oh, out sometime fine. we should do this uh, I, I think it would be an, a fun it would make it a little easier if it was like only stuff that i know we've bought in our house but then I would feel worse when I lose. Well, no, but, that's the part. I think that's... God, when did we buy flour? That would be the <laughs> tough part about prepping it, though. If there's just two of you, is like one of you is like, well, I'm going to go chop up a bunch of stuff. Can you just not right. look? Like- yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we, uh, hey, sweetie, do we have any more ketchup? It appear, we appear to be out right now. Yeah. <laughs> it would be much better if we had... So next time the four of us together and we have some PAs. Yeah. Let's play Blind Taste Test Challenge. Yeah. Perfect. Or as in Sarah, if you're out there. <gasps> Caleb can be our PA. Oh, yeah. And he'll be really idea. good at it. He'll that's also feed idea. us cars and blocks, but it'll uh, be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll blindfold ourselves where, while uh, Caleb decides what food to shove into our mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm into that. Uh, so Brooke wins with a 16 out of 20, which is unbelievable. And one fun thing about this week, uh, or about this version of this challenge, was that Little Volt, the judge, did it himself before the cameras started. He actually like played... Just to see how he did. And it? he got 12, I think. No, I, yeah, th- he I thought did. he was talking about what he got last season or oh, when he was I, on. No, 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 I took they... it as he did it that time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I think I got the impression that that, I thought that's what sort of saying is they did it like just off camera. They made him do it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is so fun. And also, he seemed very humble about like how much less stressful it is to be a judge than to be on the show, which is always nice for them to be like, yeah, that what you're doing now is kind of sucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tough. do always appreciate that. Um. So, Brooke takes home all of the wine and uh for our elimination challenge it's time for the judges to ruin one of your childhood memories oh it's time for so, you to really disappoint your old pappy yeah exactly <laughs> so this is a classic of top chef where you have to cook something from your childhood and then if it's bad it just makes your grandfather so sad um so uh they were cooking for a children's hospital fundraiser 500 dollars a plate fundraiser um that had apparently tequila and a swimming pool among its features and uh, they were preparing party plates based on a childhood memory um i do you uh do you does that i was joking about it maybe a little bit but does it does it bug anybody when they have to ruin a family like a memory like that you know this i I, yes a little bit but also this episode was a joy because everybody like cooked their guts out. And for the most part, everyone did really well. And I think like the, it's a double edged sword, right? Like if, if you have to like mess up a memory from childhood, like that sucks. And it's no fun to have people like critique, like your family's tradition. But at the same time, like it opens this like cooking from the heart thing that everybody seems to sometimes rule at. And When it works, like, I mean, I just, I always love these episodes where everybody does so well and then I just cry a lot and it's great. It's just so nice. I'm so with you. This was like, I mean, this was a perfect episode for me. Fun quick fire with it. Someone got too much wine. Fun guest judge. Everyone cooks great. A person I don't like goes home. I mean, it just couldn't be a better episode. I know. Yeah, I felt very similarly. And like, yes, it is dicey to ask people to like cook from their past, but like, at the same time, I, I, I think it gets to the heart of like what the best bits of the show are about. Yeah. yeah. And I love I love hearing everyone's stories behind their oh, yeah. dish. And um yeah, it is I do feel sad when something goes horribly wrong and their dish that they told this like nice story about yeah. totally doesn't work yeah, out. Yeah, like I would love feel. to meet your grandfather, but this tastes like white flour yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean i think and this person that tom is blindfolded too i'm not sure yeah. why i did that huh. 
Weird. Um, but, it, you know, I think I, I have two points about this. One is that I think that Tom really believes what he said at the end in his speech that probably did nothing to uh, comfort Emily. Um, yeah. Where, you know, by cooking these childhood memories, it really does get to, um, you know, a piece of who you are and who, like, you know, like the essential like quality of, of what you're about, which is great. Absolutely. However, also, these are incredibly highly trained, seasoned professional chefs. So they're not, you know, even if mom used to make tuna casserole, whatever they're putting on the plate is not mom's tuna casserole. It's a elevated, you know, awesomeified version of that. I mean, there's no way that that Brooke grew up, you know, doing like sous vide herb oil egg yolks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Although we did find out that she cooks uh, crepes for her child every Sunday. Yeah. Which is Listen, uh, amazing. Brooke, I'm down to be your child. Just <laughs> letting you know <laughs> if there are any openings. <laughs> yeah, the, I love when they we find out what they cook for their kids. That's always interesting to me is uh, what chefs of this caliber do at home. Yeah. I, Apparently yeah. Tom Colicchio throws some frozen peas in with the pasta. <laughs> yeah, what a smart dude. Yeah, He, he knows his stuff. Um, the... Uh, I think my two favorite things during the uh, the prep stage today was uh, John buys all of the crab at Whole Foods and Sheldon buys the sun hat. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. He bought a hat just because like, screw it. Oh, that's <laughs> adorable. He'd been wearing it, but he didn't have enough money in his, his Top Chef uh, uh, Whole Foods budget. But this week he had a little extra, finally bought his sun hat. I don't oh, think that they and... had a budget this time. That's why. Actually, um... they, have not, they have not talked much about budget this season. So They had an episode yeah. where all the newbies like didn't understand how to shop on a budget and the veterans oh, yeah. were all like, right. we did this before. Yeah, watch us right, right. Yeah. so yeah, it, it yeah. has come up a little bit but this particular challenge i think they they kind of just hushed yeah, it was the budget pro bono. issue john could buy 500 pounds of crab or whatever he got <laughs> i mean yeah. and he did he did a really good job he landed solidly in the middle of the stack and nobody yeah, had to comment on him at all for scampi which is just like yeah okay seafood butter garlic yeah. yeah i mean i mean tom really did like it a lot Yeah, tom was the guy when tom and graham were judging it they were raving about it and so to show that, that that's how good fourth place was is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. did anyone think that like having the judges pair off was kind of an interesting situation? I like it when that happens. Yeah. I just felt I like too. Bolt and Padma together was very like they were super critical and mm-hmm. it was more like the good ship Tom. <laughs> in <Yeah. some> ways. <laughs> like everybody. Like, yeah. Tom time. just seemed like he was in a in a better mood question mark. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was the tequila shot. It was the tequila shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like, I forgot. The, yeah. The judges did tequila shots at the table. I think, was it Volt who pressured them into it? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I we guess... didn't. And we never did see anyone get in the pool. No, that's <laughs> true. Oh, that's too bad. Wasn't that good? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a truly classy event when there's a pool and everyone knows to avoid the pool. Yeah. That's <laughs> when you know you've made it. <laughs> well, those are the events where it's fun to when someone falls in the pool, but it did not happen. No, then somebody's like somebody grabs their pearls and somebody's monocle falls out of their eye. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we also did get a beach day. Oh, Blanche! <laughs> uh, we did get a beach day though. Sheldon, in some, for the way the edit made it seem, was like Sheldon was in charge of taking them on a field trip across the street. Yeah, yep. I oh, love that everyone so feel much. better. So yeah. fun. Beach is like his favorite terrain. He's like just like it helps him. I don't know. Feel centered. He's I guess. Just like a little dune buggy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, so with with Emily's elimination, doesn't that make it? just returning people no silva i feel like silva goes. has always been etched on my heart at this point i don't understand oh, yeah. how we ever did yeah. without him i thought i've been a silva fan since episode one i think yeah. i think so yeah. too yeah i like silva a lot He's um, lovely. but one of the things that that allows is that the the returning folks have always been a little more casual and fun yeah. and so having them just like oh, it's a sheldon's beach day because he doesn't seem to be upset about how any of this is going. He seems like <laughs> this is not going to hurt his feelings. He's having a good time. Yep. So, I of think, course, he's buying a hat and leading Beach Day. And yeah. and also, I mean, I, I think there is something to, like, everybody has been cut off before. Like, they all know what this feels like. Like, they know what it's like mm. to pack their knives and go. So, there's something a little less, like, you know, kind of freak out, do or die about right. the vibe now. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Brooke lost in the last episode. Yeah. Yes. So she's never Didn't been she told to well? pack her knives. Yeah. So oh, well, pack- well, she was told she was not Top Chef, which is also, yeah. I mean, that's just like a fancier pack your knives and go. <laughs> Yeah, the end result is still packing of knives. Sure. Um, it is, uh, I had a couple of questions from the actual challenge. Um, one was, where did Casey get crab? Because there was this whole thing about John buying all the crab, and then later Casey's just like, I put crab in this. Yeah, so John got all the king crab. There might have been some other types of crab. Oh, uh, some like prince or duke crab. Yeah, mm-hmm. some viscount crab. Some low-level crab. crab. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Viscount crab. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's another question that I had. Uh, Brooke fights with the vacuum sealer. Sure. And this is such so common on the show. I guess I'd like to ask a producer this at some point is like, are your uh, are your brand new appliances frequently broken or are these people just in such a rush and they're new to the equipment that they don't really right, like they miss something on it? Yeah. Or do they just scatter broken equipment throughout? Yeah. Oh, like landmines. Oh. Every fourth pressure cooker was never going to be a pressure cooker. Right. Yeah. We've welded it such that it cannot close. <laughs> No, well, I do love you guys that. have a suspicion about this, about about what the answer would be on that question. My suspicion is that they are uh, messing up a thing that works. That they're just it, they use a different vacuum sealer or pressure cooker or blender or whatever, and so they're like missing a switch or just not noticing it's connected yeah. when you're rushing. Because that's super easy to do. That doesn't make them dumb. It's be very easy to mess up. Yeah, yeah as someone who just got a new phone in this yeah. last week yeah. and wow. has spent the whole week like an old lady trying to figure out like why is it not working when I swipe? Yeah, <laughs> I'm supposed to like push it. Press, yeah. Press, yeah, yeah, all that old lady. <laughs> I I was that old lady at the gym the other day. I did an elliptical for the first time. Oh boy! And I did not realize you need to pedal to start the machine. Oh yeah, to get it before you can turn on. So I was standing on the elliptical, not moving, pressing buttons and searching the console for a while. And it was I was in the front row of them, so there was a whole row of people working out, watching me, not understand how an elliptical works. Oh, Somebody like, no. bro, you got to pedal. Nobody said anything. I I went to, and I tried a couple different. Ones. I was like, this one must be broken, and so I went oh, to the next no. one. And then I just stood there pressing, like, please turn on, please. <laughs> so how do you how do you uh, eventually you get it going? Do you like, well, fake it? Like I like leaned to one side, and the pedal moved forward, and it like sprung to life. It was uh, just just by dumb luck. Uh, but so I can imagine myself in that room where they're like, all right, you have an hour to exercise and you've never seen these versions of this equipment go. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I would mess up the blender. I'm mixing the two scenarios now. But By the way, I know I would, this isn't pack your ellipticals, but how was your elliptical experience? Uh, so goofy. It is a very strange feeling. And I'm sure everyone is judging me. Uh, welcome it just to being so a woman weird. in America. I feel like you can't be a woman of a certain age and never have touched an elliptical machine. Like everybody goes yeah. through that phase where they're just using an elliptical machine a lot. Do you love them or is it just because you have to? Um, I think I was stressed out by the treadmill. And so I like started with elliptical because everybody was like, it's so gentle on your joints. And I was like, oh, well, okay, sure. Um, the reason I was doing it was because my tread, the tread, I'm like too big for the treadmills. Oh, your stride's too long? I don't, I guess so. Like when I was running on the treadmills, it's, it's a, not the best shape gym, I guess, but like the belt kept slipping because oh. it was too heavy. Oh, that's or my, that, that happened to me in a hotel gym actually just two days ago. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, they're just old machines. I think old machines do that. And so I switched to a stationary yeah. bike like an old man. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, that's good. That's why I was on the elliptical because I was just like, the treadmills wouldn't work for me. And I yeah. felt I was like, I'm too fat for this treadmill. No, I have to do the elliptical. That's not how that works. Yeah. It's also sad. Yep. No, it's just a wear thing. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to cooking equipment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so back to I cooking. Did... did you know Casey can do a handspring? No. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, no, I didn't. That was incredible. I was. I. When they are round off or something. But she did. A, uh, I think it's a back handspring, which is so hard. Yeah. Um. A couple quick things. Uh. Oh, I wanted to give. Uh, I guess maybe a, like a mild shout out to John, who I don't care for, John. but that was a mild. He was very mild, uh, especially if I'm starting with I don't care for him. But he <laughs> he had a thing. He, you know, he talked briefly about his like like what he's doing to try to calm himself and not be a terrible person. And he there's a lot of stuff he's done this season that I've hated, but also he like just got wrecked during restaurant wars yeah and he was actually in all of his interviews he was still pretty gracious and the thing he kept saying was not like i'm so mad at katsuji for what happened or or he was like he just kept saying like he hurt my feelings like 
I was hurt the way Katsuji said that. Uh, I thought we were friends. He used like, some good emotional awareness. Yeah, yeah he's been watching I some statements. And when I was a yeah. classic mediator in fifth grade, that was something I was encouraged to have people do. It's so, <laughs> so good. And he like, yeah, he's just holding himself together this season super well. Emily did too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emily exit interview was yeah, but yeah. She, like both of them were like flagged in the beginning as possible uh, attitude problems, and we've both been like keeping together under incredible pressure really well. Yes, although I do have to give a shout out to Sheldon's giving no shits about John when John was just rattling off about how he had to keep reeling it in and reeling it in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Was Sheldon really, was just looking yeah. out the other window, just kind of doing his <laughs> passive <laughs> vacant smile, being like. <laughs> Yeah, she's going to this happy place. Sheldon put his face in good times mode and then just like out. It was fantastic. Oh yeah, Shel- oh, I love Sheldon. I'm so excited for Sheldon to get third place on this show. I, uh, I no, I no, also, that's not I'm sad. I love him so much, fan. but I want Brooke and Shirley to win. So I want Sheldon to be there in the finals, and I want him to come in third again. Yeah, I love him. I just think I I I think Brooke's gonna win, and I think Shirley's in second, and I. I'm happy with Sheldon in third. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I I can't tell who I think is going to win. Actually, like the it, I'm really aware that in about two episodes, every single person that gets sent home is going to be devastating, and I like. Oh yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm actually kind of not ready for it. <laughs> like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sort of. I've got an order in my head of what I want to happen. Is I definitely want John to go home next week, and Casey after that, and then there'll be four people, and I want three, and I'll be happy with all three of them in the finals. So I'll be devastated no matter who goes home, but. Silva the least bit because he's the newest. I mean, I so I have the whole order figured out. Yeah, of what you want. Yeah, John seventh, Casey sixth, uh, or John sixth, Casey fifth, Silva fourth, then Sheldon, Shirley Brooke. Hmm. That's how it's gonna go. That's my prediction. So you think Brooke, Brooke is getting getting redemptionified? I th- yeah, I think Brooke for sure wins. Hmm. Not for sure. I, I I mean, this is all from my heart. I'm definitely hoping for Brooke to win. She's just seemed the most even keel and consistent and awesome. Yeah, yeah uh, she does have a lot of awesome this season, and I don't see it going anywhere. I guess I just also believe in like the kickassery of Shirley, and I I would love yeah. to see oh, yeah. you know yeah I would Sheldon's love to see her take week, that really really far. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, Shirley definitely is a kick butt chef. Uh, Sheldon's dish this week definitely proved that he has a higher ceiling than I was suspecting. Yeah, uh, which is great. And Silva's just uh, on a rumble, man. I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not normally a fan of the so concept cool. meat lollipop, but <laughs> and they did not look cool when he was putting no. them together. No. But you His like struggle edit was really like yeah. rough. Yeah. I know. I was so worried for him yeah. i was like these look awful and then when he put it on the plate it was like beautiful yeah meat and a meat <laughs> for a like elevate a childhood memory challenge makes more sense it's the first time it's made sense to me yeah and normally it's like, like and really i mean he called it a uh beef bag or beef in a bag or something like that because it's it's basically a potato dumpling on the outside of the beef right um and so a beef bag doesn't sound good either these are all disgusting <laughs> that's terms that's what i called my cow <laughs> yeah hey beef bag get over here <laughs> Uh, well, and the reason they didn't look good during the struggle at it was because of the surprise outdoor prep day. Yeah, outdoor uh, go. Which, yeah, I do not care for. I don't. I don't mind outdoor challenges. I don't like surprise outdoor challenges. I like them to be able to think about that ahead of time. But don't yeah. you think that somebody would have then had the foresight to put ice in a bowl and then put another bowl <laughs> over that bowl? That's a top chef. No one's right there. No one's that smart. Yeah, <laughs> humans would never come up with something that good. <laughs> it's completely impossible. Yeah. Uh, um john uh a couple things were super weird about john's dish which again tom loved but his dish included various garlic flavors was one of the descriptors which i'm not sure what that means he also had chlorophyll in it uh, oh that was that's from his it was what sorry chris Oh no! I was waiting for Megan because uh, I was just saying that the plate had some green on it that I, I that was unexpected for a scampi. But yeah, that's it, that came from his special truffle bag. Yeah, yeah he just I pulled think. out a, a wet rag and There's, was like, "Hang on to this, Tom." Sure. There's no Bite way down on this, Tom. <laughs> and with that you're not buying chlorophyll at whole foods are you so. yeah you, well you can it's a, it's a popular thing to ingest if you believe in the healing power of 
green stuff. Oh, really? Green? Uh, yeah, people like to add it to their you know smoothies that they then smile holding on Instagram. Yeah, but doesn't the only uh, thing the chlorophyll do like is respond to ultraviolet light and trigger a chemical reaction to make sugar? No. <laughs> no, I thought that's. Really cool. I mean, uh, no, I don't think that's why people take it. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any, they're not like I'm a plant. I'm a plant. I'm a plant. <laughs> Like, I don't know, man. I believe that it has other properties that I, I can't speak to. I just know that it's one of those things that, you know, people like huh. to add to shit. And this is a good learning experience for me. Mm. The yeah. other surprise from John was that uh, Tom said, and I quote, the foam made sense, which I've never heard before. Whoa. Oh, because he called it like because it reminded him of a surf. And as a kid, he was a surfer or. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense in the dish or just in the story, but. Apparently the foam was okay. Anyway, so John was, though, firmly in fourth place, which is an awkward place to be out of seven because it's the only one who doesn't get talked to. Uh, but uh, Sheldon, Silva, and Brooke were on the top. And Silva, like, in an, a, a, a show where everyone did incredibly, Silva was, like, apparently several steps above everyone yeah. else. Even though People Brooke liked just... Sheldon's dish the most. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, everyone loved everybody's stuff except that Silva was just, like, they could not handle how delicious it was yeah. guys and then, uh, oh sorry yeah. i just looked up the 10 amazing benefits of chlorophyll and there are some <laughs> weird ones in here <laughs> number six will blow your mind uh well let's see number six is super potent antioxidant action so i don't know if that blew your mind but number no. five is a doozy it will protect your dna against fried foods <laughs> number two is it helps control body odor yeah including My- fecal odor which like who was trying to control that oh okay yeah, listen, uh, the global healing center has a lot to say i just wanted to make it clear that this isn't just for plants and some people believe it will do a bunch of other stuff for you quote unquote well my uh, dna has been eating a lot of fried food lately so it's <laughs> helpful to protect it listen tater anyway, silver, wins, silver wins uh surely was just a tiny bit off casey was missing one flake of salt which really pissed her off Can yeah we talk but, uh, about casey's sort of alleged like super critical judging problem that she seems to think she has yeah so what what yes. about well so she she makes this claim she's like the last few times i've been like on the bottom or near the bottom because of like super minor like hypercritical issues and I guess it seems like something the judges say is like, yeah, like when everybody is this good, we judge everything yeah. super closely. And like, it's not about making huge mistakes anymore. It is tiny slips. But she, but right. Casey really like personalizes it in this way that I like, I both understand what she means because I feel like she is falling down for a lot of like really teeny tiny stuff. But also, I think everybody's dealing with this now. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you're, in the, if you're on the bottom for one flake of salt, you're probably not going home. You were just the fifth tastiest. Yeah. And yep. so don't be so stressed out about like the way she said it was like she said, like, tell me my food is great or terrible. Don't tell me it's a little bit off, which seems really bad life advice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. I feel like she, and you're not trying to be top chef. You're just trying to be like yeah. super good chef. Nice job, pat on the back, good night. Yeah. Super good chef, nice job, pat on the back, good night is a totally different show. Yes, um, that's my show. We'll do great on that show. Yeah. Because I don't know how to judge food really closely. I can just tell you if it was super good or like not that wonderful. Yeah. Not that wonderful. Now, I guess like... The, the Please pack your knives, but stay here. <laughs> pack your knives, but I don't want to disappoint you, so I'll see you next week. Yeah. By the way, speaking of the bottom group, it could not have been more clear who was going home just based on the criticism. Yeah. Like it was like... I, well, Surely, in case you're on the bottom, but you know, for the optics, we didn't want to just put Emily up here, yell at her for half an hour, and then send her home. (laughs) I had gotten it spoiled for me on Twitter already, but Megan didn't know, and so normally it's kind of hard to like play it close to the vest while we're watching it together if I've been spoiled. But she was like, "Oh, it's Emily," and then there was no drama the rest of the show, (laughs) none. So I didn't have to worry about him. Yeah, that icebox Um, was maybe a good idea in maybe, but we didn't. She made it pretty good cake and that's just not that interesting we didn't hear anything about how she even planned to elevate it like it was like yeah it seemed like she was just gonna make the cake yeah if there had just been like like the coffee liqueur (laughs) she'd put just a little more chlorophyll i mean honestly it really protected the body against uh, the cake (laughs) so we gotta wrap this up soon uh so real quick last chance kitchen um uh emily is cooking against jamie who is on a tear. Um, yep. Oh, really? Okay, so my first thought 
is uh are you guys watching the hidden valley commercials oh of course we have to <laughs> it's okay so this us. week's this week's the one i saw this week was the hidden valley's 15 second mac and cheese oh gosh and here's the 15 second recipe take pre-cooked noodles which not 15 seconds anymore yeah. nope mix them with cheese and hidden valley grated ranch cheese. grated cheese hidden valley ranch and then bake for 20 minutes there's no 15 second part of that it takes 15 seconds There's to explain like it like the middle part of the recipe where you like mix everything together called that the 15 second mac and cheese a 15 second segment the of an hour long recipe yeah although yeah. gosh their 15 second <laughs> potato salad is basically just like potatoes and then hidden valley <laughs> and then you're like <laughs> you did it i miss lemons they all look bad they all are so oh, bad but this terrible. one was like this one was just so it was so bad and the timing to be like every dish has 15 seconds in the middle of it is that how you measure yeah (laughs) clearly the national lemon council needs to start sponsoring last chance kitchen so we can they do they do so jamie uh comes out after having been under underestimated two weeks in a row where the chef is that they're like tom's like who do you think you're against and like oh jim for sure and then jamie walks out again yeah Um, totally so this week the challenge was uh, you can only you have forty five seconds to shop in the pantry, um, but you can only use the things you grab. Right, with and your hands. You can't use your, your apron, hands. uh, right. Cinderella style or whatever. Only the food you can carry. And unlike last week, where Tim or where Tom Tom gifted you uh, oil and salt, this week not so much. Uh-uh. And so Jamie was c- cooking without oil or salt because he forgot to grab them. Um, although the like the the peanut gallery yelled grab salt yeah so there was like some help outside help which is interesting i liked that they um, did that and i actually i sort of assumed that it would be emily who would like miss out on salt just out of being flustered and then it went the other way yeah yeah and then but so she grabbed oil and salt and she tried to share and then tom announced you couldn't share which i thought was a great moment for her especially because jamie had gone out and saved emily's life on the show yeah yes. and so she felt like the least i can do is give you some salt during rest during uh, last chance kitchen i know and then, I like no. that. yeah but because the whole like game hinged on what you could grab i mean it kind of makes sense yeah yeah for sure um so they both made tomato and watermelon salads, although for a little while Emily tried to make something else and then gave up. Yep. Um, and uh, But so he was cooking without oil or salt, although Sheldon, or not Sheldon, uh, uh, Katsuji actually had the incredibly smart idea of grab oil from the fryer and let it cool. Yeah. Which I thought was very clever. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah, if you're doing that. But. That's Katsuji does have some like good like oh, oh great something's idea. gone wrong. Yeah. Here's what else you can do. Tips. Yeah. Yeah. Like Zant- he had that thing for yeah. Oh, yeah, the John gum. With yeah, the yeah. Zantham gum and yeah, he's yeah. clever. Yeah, clever boy. I mean, well, when you uh, try to make 18 things on any given dish, it turns out that right. you know how to like, <laughs> salvage things when they go wrong. Or 18 dishes on the hardest challenge of the season. Sure. Also that. <laughs> You got to know the tricks. Well, he, so Jamie ends up uh, winning the challenge, although I am a little suspicious. It seemed like the, maybe the, the like, I think maybe he was graded on a curve. What? Because mm. he had no oil or salt. And I feel like Tom was like, you know, for not having oil or salt, that's really good. And Emily's was like, it's sort of like the way you're when you're when you have an advantage from the quick fire in the elimination. They're like, well, you did have 10 extra minutes. Like they they hold it against you when you have an advantage, and it felt like maybe they were holding against her. Tom was holding against Emily that she had salt and oil. I'm not so sure. Still, I think that warm better. vinaigrette was just that bad. Uh, yeah. Well, that also does seem gross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a difference between gross and could have used salt. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So uh, so uh, Jamie continues. He's act- he's only got three more to go, yeah. which is the first time I think Tom has said that, and it sounded like a achievable number. Yeah. True. But- but especially because next week he gets to beat John pretty easily, and then after that, Casey, who I think he can take. But don't you? Think, I, don't I mean, think John. John was in a sudden death quickfire episode one, and and pulled it out. I'm just wondering. Yes. Like, I feel you, like sometimes John under pressure is a good John. Or maybe uh, John won't have time to grab truffles from his cheat bag. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't <laughs> get your truffles. His yeah. only asset will be chlorophyll, <laughs> and and where will he be? Yeah. Or maybe his eliminate his his last chance kitchen. Tom will be like, you know, uh, in your elimination, you didn't use all the truffles in your bag. So your challenge now is free unlimited truffles. <laughs> oh, boy, Ezra will not be pleased. No, he won't. Um, anyway, so that's the last chance kitchen. Now to jump, jump into our mailbag. 
You can't see me, but I'm dancing and smiling. <laughs> Tanya has removed her headphones. <laughs> oh, controversial, that ding song. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we Wait, contra- what's the controversy? It's terrible. Some people really like it. Uh, huh. Anyway, a lot of good mailbag stuff today. I'm going to burn through a couple of them real quick. Uh, Katie Lucy on Twitter says, could Padma have made the BMW product placement any less awkward? I think it, Padma is so good at or so smooth at product placement that if it sounded that awkward from her, it would have been way more awkward from anybody else. I think that's probably true. Yeah. It was so they're getting ready to go for go shopping for the elimination challenge. Yep. And she's like, make sure to plug in your BMW whatever X5 plug-in plug-in hybrids. hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah, so did I, I, missed, I, I think I'm immune to it. Oh no, no, no. They yeah. yeah, it was a little forced made, and weird for sure. It was it made me laugh because like they're not in charge of plugging in their own cars. Like that was the thing that seemed made it so awkward to me. It was her like, don't forget this thing that obviously a PA is doing right now and you're not involved well, in. And then we had 20 seconds of the chefs plugging or unplugging the cars before yeah. they headed to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then Gets famously forgot to unplug his car. And no, I <laughs> just, just but, making these up as I go along. I think that would have been one of my favorite parts of the uh, of filming that the show is where they're like, all right, everybody get together. It's time to pay the bills. Everyone plug in the car and then unplug it and then you can go home. <laughs> um, also, uh, let's see. Oh, Mystery White Girl. Again, that's her name on Twitter. Not just what I'm calling her. Um, says, uh, uh, so oh, this is one of my favorite things we got this week was Emily, quote, I hope everybody remembers me for all the great things I put on the plate. And then an image file not found. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, she did have a good dessert once, I think. She had that she bread had... dessert that was fine. It yeah. was like a, a, oh, drizzle, the... a cake drizzled with yeah. caramel that yeah, was that, like that poppy was in seed. Restaurant Wars that was yeah. way better than the other dessert. Yeah, that was better than oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Um, was gelatinous yeah. panna cotta. And she had one good thing early on, I think, but... Still, this was a sick burn from Mystery White Girl. Oh, and it was I, a really good burn. Well, because I also, I mean, I I did that in my own brain when she was like, all the great things I put on the plate. And I was like, what were they? <laughs> what were they, Emily? Pass. Pass. Let's see. Katie, Kate Moore, 13. You're in, the, you're in our top 10, Kate Morris, just so you know. Um, you've been promoted. Uh, does John's smile look unnatural to anyone else? I don't yes. know why, but it really creeps me out. <laughs> yeah, it's a creepy yeah. smile. Yeah, yeah it's, just no, it wasn't, it's not quite right. Yep. Uh, TV watchers, but, you know, not good people. We can judge him. He, he spent a lot of time trying to not be so angry. So, like, it probably is like uh, somebody was like, listen, if you smile more and you just, here's the muscles you have to train. And <laughs> if you squint your eyes a little bit, it'll seem like a more genuine smile. Like, he looks like he's practiced smiling. And so it's a little weird, but it's also like, uh, good for you for trying yeah. to be human for a second. This looks like a uh, awkward school picture day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul Madlin on Twitter, you can watch Last Chance Kitchen on the Bravo Now app without a cable subscription but you're shit out of luck for getting your vanderpump rules oh, oh sorry paul <laughs> this is a uh this is a follow-up to you guys' discussion last week yep. uh of the the app situation have we i don't i think you may have mentioned this but i feel like we've under been we haven't been angry enough at bravo for their terrible website this season like that's mm. one of our classic things and i think we've been not as angry as usual it's not great well the commercials are hilariously bad <laughs> they are they, they've sort of uh, jumped true. over into hilarious yeah uh jade number one was who said on facebook uh the no stakes quick fire there were no consequences or effect other than casey getting a bunch of wine and an episode wasting 15 minutes of my life wasn't casey jay, but brooke oh it was brooke yeah yeah uh that's a good point but uh, so jay take that you're wrong but also um i like you a lot in person but you're you were wrong on katsuji and you're wrong on this this was not a waste this was delightful <laughs> wow um he said, uh, i take that back i learned that john thinks cream cheese tastes like flour so i'm never ordering a cheesecake from his restaurant yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a weird cheesecake cake. is just flour on flour on flour <laughs> the graham cracker uh, crust yeah cheryl says did anyone else get a little misty when tom told sheldon he was raised right yes yes totally also that picture of like high school or college age sheldon with the mustache so awkward oh man i was super into it yeah <laughs> i love it oh yeah the like I mean, I'm not sure I agreed with Tom's reasoning. He was like, you were in a family that uh, made dishes out of the old tea left over in your cups. 
So that must mean that your family cared so much about food that they didn't want to waste even tea leaves, which might not be because you love food. It be, could be because you don't can't afford much. But also, I think it's because they love food. It could be. I don't know. I mean, it was. I was like, that could but be like also the guys- yeah the idea that you you are you know thrifty to the point of ingeniously reusing things that should that other people Absolutely. might throw yeah. away. Yeah. I still think that there's a real value in like the scrappiness of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. T- totally. Uh. Uh. Also on on Facebook this week, Matt sent us a link to uh, Kwame's restaurant closing in Washington. Did you guys yeah. see this? Uh, yeah. So Kwame. Open to the most expensive restaurant in D.C. What? Uh, one of the most expensive restaurants in Washington, D.C. It was like $500 tasting menu. What? Um, oh, it had, no. or, It's like 300 something. Anyway, it was a very expensive tasting menu. Let me see if I can find, pull it up in this article real quick. But um, yeah, it was 500 per person. Uh, the uh, the Washington uh, Post's critic said, most dispiriting, the critic realized that after dropping $500 per person on the meal, he was still hungry. Oh, that's a bad feeling. Um, the Washingtonian gave it a two-star review. Um, two months after its existence, they dropped, they slashed the price uh, to a seven-course meal, down from like thirteen for only ninety-five dollars. Um, and uh, they learned some tough lessons, but still wasn't enough, and they ended up closing. So, yeah, that's too bad. But also, come on, Kwame. Yeah, right. You're like fifteen. How are you opening a five hundred-dollar plate restaurant? Word. I want him to succeed. I hope the next thing is a better idea. Um, yeah, you got to make mistakes and learn from them. And yeah, yeah. Um, uh, now, from the email part of the mailbag, uh, this is a letter from Marianne. First of all, I wanted to commend you on your outstanding coverage of last week's episode. Oh. Yeah, good job, guys. I also commend you. There was a lot of material and thorny issues to address, and you all rose to the occasion. Um, Oh, and also special kudos for your... Oh, maybe... The, sorry, maybe this was two weeks ago. Um, so this was all of us together. But oh, special kudos for your outside research on Jamie's waiving his immunity status. Um, which I do want to say, the 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 article interviewing him about his elimination from the Charleston paper was sent to us by a fan. So um, yeah. thank you to you guys for helping make this easy. Yeah. Um, already looking for you to take on Restaurant Wars. Oh, yeah, that was two weeks ago. Anyway, thanks, Marianne. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to... Th- Except for that thank you, and also tell you that it was because of you guys being great. Um, oh, hey, hey guys, this is from Becca. Did you guys, I want to hear your thoughts on Jacques Pepin and Alice Waters, what they had to say about Top Chef in the article from Mercury News. Did you guys get a chance to read this? I sent this to you like kind of late, but yeah, yeah was we, very, 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 that was sent to us by listener Chris and um, as well. well. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, and uh, you know, pretty much it, it was just Alice Waters and Jacques Pepin saying, hey, cooking isn't about competition. You know, it's about uh, making people feel good and, and hospitality and can be very meditative and, uh, you know, yeah. a deep connection to food and the ingredients. And, and this whole idea about like stress and competition uh, is is not what it's about. And ultimately, I mean, I I agree, but there's a reason why the finale of Top Chef isn't a mise en place relay. You know, right. it's not it's yeah. not those things. And I, I think the Top Chef more than many others, more than, say, like Chopped or, or uh, other shows does a better job about wrapping a competition in that sort of yeah. spirit. Um, totally. Yeah. But I, I mean, I also, you know, like I participate in comedy competitions and I think that's not the right thing for the art, but it also is, it's just, it's enjoyable to watch people compete. It gives a framework that people can enjoy as a viewer that they can't from just watching meditative cooking shows. Sure. And it's fun. I mean, we're here cause we like it. So obviously we think it's kind of fun to watch and we do like, like, like you just said, this is the one I think that does the best job of showing the cooking among that. But like the top comment on that article was like, that's why I never watch anything on on cable, but I watch cooking shows on PBS because they're more about the cooking. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to be part of that snob world where you're like, I do enjoy Nova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the best line ever from this American Life. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I just didn't want to be that. So I, yeah. I, I understand where he's coming from and I, I agree but I also enjoy the show. Well, but they were also promoting the the new PBS show that has documentaries about the two of them. Right. So it's kind of some conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Also, Jacques Pepin, as Becca points out, uh, Jacques Pepin was the guest judge on season 11, Immunity Gate, and he was the one who suggested Nick should give up his immunity and go home. And I loved that. And I, I know that was a controversial statement from some people who like the game more than they like the food world. But I, I think that Jacques Pepin is the perfect person to say this is a show and a game, but you're like honoring the food is more important yeah. and you should go home and not ruin this season. Nick, 
Uh, also from Alex. Uh, and then lastly from Bridget, um, missed Alex and Megan this week. Aww, Hi, Bridget. Thanks, Thank you. Bridget. Anyway, uh, to Sarah, it wasn't Tom who said the panna cotta was like a Curtison's thigh. It was Nigella Lawson. Um, uh, I remember considering that, that so sounds awesome way coming better from coming from her. Oh, yeah, for sure. If Tom said it was like a Curtison's thigh, that's weird. Well, that's why, yeah, I mean, it was hard to imagine that coming out of his face, but I also was willing to go there with Sarah for whatever reason. I was like, maybe he did. Who can say? <laughs> Like, who I would have been upset if he had said that, but I yeah, from <laughs> Nigella Lawson, it's kind of fun. Um, oh, she's totally also, fun. Also, it was Robin uh, who made a panna cotta with a spun sugar topping that was meant to mimic the Chiluli glass sculpture at the Bellagio, season six, episode eleven. Um, Chiluli, Chihuly. 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 Sorry, Chalula hot sauce. Chalula yeah. <laughs> hot sauce sculpture. It's just the uh, glass dyed with delicious red hot sauce. <laughs> um, well, thanks for the corrections, Bridget and. Uh, I guess because she's not here, I'll say this very bravely. Take that, Sarah. Uh, no, I'm just going to let this one ride. Yeah. It's all right. We don't all remember all of the Top Chef perfectly, and that's not the kind of show we're trying to be. If this, yeah. if that was the standard we were going to be held to, the show would have ended a while ago. I do appreciate Bridget's appreciation for accuracy. Totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. I annoy Alex a lot by, like, he'll be trying to, like, tell a story and I'll have to, like, correct all the facts. Oh, yeah, Megan. Megan's really into fact-checking uh, the unimportant details of an otherwise entertaining and hilarious story. <laughs> and you know how... You- you guys know how great stories are always made better by stopping and researching them in the middle. Yes. I mean, I have a real appreciation for facts, you know, actual facts, just real yeah, true facts. I facts also appreciate facts, thing. but sometimes uh, if they're not important, yeah. I will like breeze through them to get to the point of the story. Right, right. It just like feels if I was like, like a there's time to be letting that go. <laughs> I don't I'm just saying that. I'm not going to elaborate or anything. I'm just going to say wrong. time to make that kind of subjective decision about facts. You know, just real facts. That's fair. Uh oh, and actually one more quick thing. Uh Jay number 1 again had posted a, uh, or sent us an email um about that we that we'd had this discussion a couple weeks ago about Jim's super special knife bag. And uh, he sent us a photo of the knife bag that he had screenshotted that he didn't think was that impressive. But I think what happened was we talked about it a lot off the air because we kept searching for it. And like the first knife bag that Ezra found on Google searching knife bags to buy was exactly Jim's knife bag. It was. So so that was off the air. But we had a nice discussion of that bag. I don't think it's that great either. But it was like that good. It's not that good, so I agree. But um, it is available for eighty dollars. If you search for knife bags on on Google or or if you bingle it or whatever, you'll probably find it. Yeah. You also, too can have yeah, I I briefly I had a moment of of I don't know recanting about Emily when I like saw her knife bag and was like maybe I like it, and then I saw it in profile and was like oh never mind. Here's a knife bag. <laughs> uh, Silva's knife bag has little holsters for sharpies, which I freaking love. No, what? How did you find this out? He was packing up uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the service, and they were saying like, oh, what a, you know, what a service. And it's sort of the if you unfold it first before you do the full rollout, there's a little thing, and he had three different colors of sharpies just mm. tucked into this. Oh, little oh I love that so much. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I love nothing more than multiple colors of sharpies. Oh mm. man, I just also there are all sorts of. This is the thing that actually, you know, just to (laughs) run back to that article for a second, I have to say, I really, there's something about getting to see inside of like the world of chefs doing stuff that is really enjoyable to me. And I think that shows like Top Chef serve that up in a really interesting way. Like you get to see like the different ways that they manage food during like a catering challenge and like the details of like, you know, masking tape and labeling all of their prep and stuff like that. That like, why would you need Sharpies in your knife bag? Well, this is why. Like, I feel like that gives us a portal into this that we don't otherwise get. Because you have to write blue team on the, uh, when you uh, saran wrap a whole rolling shelf system, you have to write in big letters, blue team across the side. Yeah. Yes, that's what I meant. Exactly. But I think that's that those sorts of like weird little nitpicky details and like the organization and the just like all the calculation that goes into putting together a meal in a certain amount of time. Like that's the sort of stuff that like, you know, these loving and beautiful documentaries that that like Netflix puts together. Like there is there's a different kind of artistry on display there, but you get more of the nuts and bolts of like running a kitchen with something like Top Chef. And I, I really value getting to see that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. specifically where I think it matters a lot, because I is I do think that that's showing how 
impressive and amazing this art slash trade is. And it, it that was in Stark Relief this week with um, Silva talking about his parents and them saying, like, I didn't, we didn't come here to this country and do all of this work so that you could become a cook. And to have him, and, which makes me so sad because I'm so in love with what he's doing. And I hope that this show is showing, like, that's not what's happening. Yeah, that this was definitely a, a moment where there was a lot of dust in the room, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think this show, despite some of its flaws, could help show somebody like Silva's parents that he's incredible and they should be really happy that he became a cook. Yeah, for sure. That's what I hope. Also, Silva has, I think, my favorite knife bag. Boom, because of the Sharpies. Of the group. Yeah, I, it could be the Sharpies. It could be just, I just like the color of it. Also, according, I'm looking at this photo and it looks like Shirley just doesn't own any knives. So that's kind of interesting. Yep. Anyway. Mm, yeah, I mean, Knife Bag Watch 2017 is really developing into something. So I'm interested to analyze <laughs> and judge every knife bag. To break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, that's it for us. We will be back again next week. Uh, make sure to send us your feedback as the episode, right after you watch the episode, you can go to facebook.com slash weep or on Twitter, or, sorry, uh, facebook.com slash pack your mics or on Twitter at PackYourMics, or you can go to PackYourMics.com, and you can always email us, podcasts at read-weep.com. Thanks for being here, Chris and Tanya. Thanks for making time. Uh-huh. Dingling. Always so, so delightful to talk to you guys about Top Chef. And uh, Megan, hi. Hi. Let's uh, turn this off and still live in the same house. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Oh, and, uh, uh, really quick, uh, Chris, I know this is going to come as a surprise, but... Um, I have 14 cases of wine for you. Oh, wow. Surprise, no stakes elimination challenge. You just get a lot of wine. Oh, wow. Just from now on, your life is your lot of wine. <laughs> yeah, boy, I'm going to make some furniture out of this wine. <laughs> you eat, sleep, and breathe wine. That's all you get. All right, we'll be back next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.